prepared for that study, I challenge you to read through the book of Acts and, and be prepared for that study. So be sure to remember that. All right, tonight, take your Bibles and turn with me to the book of 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter number 7. 1 Samuel chapter number 7. And I'm going to begin reading at verse number 3. 1 Samuel chapter number 7. And I'm going to talk to you tonight. The con- concept that we're going to be sharing tonight is um, the, the con- concept of the Ebenezer Stone. And, and I want to talk to you because that word Ebenezer literally means the stone of help. And I want to talk to you about the fact that thus far the Lord has helped us. And we're going to be talking about that just a little bit and, and where we are in this moment. As I believe tonight is just very preparatory for what's going to happen Sunday and then what's going to happen over the next several weeks. But I think we need to recognize where we are at right now. And so First Samuel chapter number 7 and verse number 3. It says, Then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you remember, Samuel was a prophet. Now, and in, uh, he'd been raised up as a child in the Lord's house under Eli and his mother Hannah. He was a miracle baby, and Hannah dedicated him to the Lord, brought him to the temple as a young boy. And he's been raised up now to be the man of God in this hour. And in verse 3, then Samuel spoke to all the house of Israel, saying, If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, and then put away the foreign gods, and the asterisk, that's just idols and false god worship from among you. And prepare your hearts for the Lord. How many believe it's important that we prepare our hearts for what the Lord wants to do? And let me stop right here. This is not what I'm teaching on tonight, but, I, but I'll just stop right here and interject this a little bit. If you do not take the time to prepare your heart for what the Lord wants to do, you are very likely going to miss what God is going to do. Because your heart has to be prepared. You have to be listening. You have to be getting away from you. If you return to the Lord with all your hearts, if you put away the things that try to rise up in front of Him, and then if you prepare your hearts for the Lord and you serve Him only, Okay, if that's the way we will live our lives, then He will deliver you. And in this instance, He's saying to them, He will deliver you from the hand of the Philistines or from the hand of your enemy. And so we, it's imperative and important that we prepare our hearts. And, and here's the reality. I've talked to you through this whole time of this virus and this pandemic that this was a preparation time. That, that this was a pause moment. I started out, if you'll remember back at the very beginning, I started out talking to you about this was a pause moment. If you'll remember when we came into the new year, I told you that the word uh, that the Lord had really driven into my heart for myself and for the church was consistency. Uh, and, uh, and this has given us an opportunity to be consistent uh, there's a pause that took place in everything else. All the things that, that get in our way and all the things that, that seem to cloud and cover up or, or take away our time. And all of that was removed. But I wonder how many of us truly took advantage and prepared our hearts rather than just try to exist through a pandemic. 
Because I think this preparation time is something, it, it wasn't just going to come naturally. We have to engage. We have to prepare our hearts. And so I want to encourage you that if you haven't been doing that, if you haven't taken this time of pause when other things are not as dominant as they once were. Now, we're starting to see everything coming back now at slower rates. And so as things start coming back, life is going to get busy again and all of these things. And so we're coming down now to the time, you know, as, as school kicks back in and things start to happen again and everything starts to open more and more, even though there are setbacks that take place. It, it, we're coming now to a time that the pause, the preparation time, if we're not careful, we're going to miss that opportunity. So I want to encourage you that even if you haven't done anything with this up until now, right now, you need to take advantage of the moments that you have and you need to prepare your heart for what the Lord is wanting to do. You need to get ready. You need to open yourself to what God is going to do. That's what Samuel is saying. God is going to do something, but you got to prepare your heart. you got to get out of your way all the things that try to rise up above Him. You got to get your heart right. You got to return to the Lord now, and then He will deliver you from your enemies. Verse 4 So the children of Israel put away the Baals, the false gods, and the Asterisks, and served the Lord only. So they came back to Him and they began to serve only the Lord. Okay? Verse 5 And Samuel said, and Samuel said, gather all Israel to Mizpah, and I will pray to the Lord for you. So they gathered together at Mizpah. They drew water, poured it out before the Lord, and they fasted that day. And, and they said there, we have sinned against the Lord, and Samuel judged the children of Israel at Mizpah. Now when the children, when the Philistines heard that the children of Israel had gathered together at Mizpah, the, the lords of the Philistines went up against Israel. And when the children of Israel heard of it, they were afraid of the Philistines. So the children of Israel said to Samuel, Do not cease to cry out to the Lord our God for us, that He may save us from the hand of the Philistines, that He may save us from the hand of our enemies. And Samuel took a suckling lamb and offered it as a whole burnt offering to the Lord. And then Samuel cried out to the Lord for Israel, and the Lord answered him. When your hearts are prepared, and you cry out to the Lord, the Lord will answer you. And now as Samuel was offering up the burnt offering, the Philistines drew near to battle against Israel. But the Lord thundered. How many of you want the Lord to thunder again right now in our culture? But the Lord thundered, the word says. I, I like that. With a loud thunder upon the Philistines that day. And so confused them that they were overcome before Israel. Israel didn't do anything. God had such a loud thundering upon them that it confused them. And they were overcome that day. And the men of Israel went out of Mizpah and pursued then the Philistines as they were running off and drove them back as far as below Bethkar. Then Samuel took a stone, set it up between Mizpah and Shin, and called its name Ebenezer, saying, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Thus far the Lord has helped us. So the Philistines were subdued and they did not come any more into the territory of Israel. 
And the hand of the Lord was against the Philistines all the days of Samuel. I want to take that scripture where he says, And he took the stone, set it up, he named it Ebenezer, the help, the stone of help. And he said, Thus far the Lord has helped us. Now, what I want you to understand is right in the midst of this moment that we are living in right now, we need to recognize and we need to understand that no matter where we find ourselves or where we are at, thus far, up to this point, the Lord has helped us. I think it's important that we remember that. We, we, can, we can get so caught up in the things that we're going through or the things that we've gone through that we forget to recognize and remember that the Lord has helped us. And this far, God has helped us. And the God that has helped us this far isn't going to let us down now. So I just want to talk to you a little bit about that. I want you to understand, I want to back up in the story just a little bit that I read to you there in 1 Samuel. I want to talk to you about what was going on just before then. Because just before this story, there was some negative things that had happened to Israel. They, they, the ark had been taken from them previous to this story. The Philistines had defeated them on occasions. Up to this time, the, the morale among Israel was very low. Eli was was in his office and he, he, was, he was an old man and, and had grown dim and his sons uh, were wicked and he was not doing anything about that and, and, and things were looking bad in Israel. And just before the lamp of the Lord went out, I mean, it, it was bad. Morale was low. Things were really not going their way. And, and can I tell you what hit me as I was reading through this and studying this and determining to share this with you tonight? That we are living in a time right now that for many, and we, we, we won't talk about the world. The world, we understand and we live in the world. But let's talk a little bit about the church and believers. Do you know we are living in a moment that in a lot of believers' lives, morale is low. It feels like we've taken hit after hit. Anybody, anybody feel that way? Anybody feel like that there are times that it, it's just like we're just taking one hit after another? And churches, I've talked to pastors and, and, and pastor friends of mine, and, and, and all of us basically are saying the same thing. The mental fatigue of this moment is hard to even explain. But there, there is a mental fatigue that is happening in ministry. And the churches are oftentimes finding themselves in low morale if we're not careful. It, it seems like it's very difficult right now. And, and in reality, it is. This is an odd time. It's a weird time. We're not able to gather together. And I, I hope, if anything, you have discovered that this pandemic has taught us how important it is when we gather together. Now, thank God for technology that we can share online and we can minister online and, and, and you know, we, the, the Word can go out and worship can go out because the Spirit of the Lord can move across the, the Internet just like He can in person. But how many of you would acknowledge we have learned that even though it's great that we have the technology, there is nothing like gathering together, laying hands on one another and praying. Joining together, being able to 
hug a brother or sisters to hug their sister in the Lord and just let us, that personal touch is vital. And, and without that, morale can get pretty low if we're not careful. The energy level can get low. And these are hard times. These are difficult times. These are fatiguing times. And, and, and the children of Israel were feeling that way. Now, they, they, the ark had just been returned, not because of their good things, but because God punished the Philistines for what they did. But the ark now was making its way back, even though it wasn't in its rightful place. That seed of God wasn't yet in its rightful place, but it was making the journey back. But, but prior to that, they had been defeated in battle. Leaders had been, been destroyed and, and overcome. If you'll remember uh, the, the story of Phineas's wife, who was pregnant, and when, when word came to her that her husband and his brother had died, and, and Hophni and Phinehas, and, and then Eli had, had died, and word came to them, she gave birth to a baby and named that baby Ichabod. I mean, it wasn't a real great time uh, for the children of Israel. And Ichabod meant the glory of the Lord has departed. Not even with us. And so the, things were low in Israel. So every time you start to feel low, you start to feel like morale, your morale is getting kind of low, or things start mounting up on you, or things start building up on you, please remember, we need to stop and we need to have something in our life that is like that stone that the prophet of God named Ebenezer. And he set that stone up in a prominent place where it could be seen. So that they would be reminded. That every time they saw that stone. It would say to them. Even though morale had been low. And even though it felt like the glory of the Lord had departed. And even though the lamp of the Lord was just about to go out. It seemed like. And defeat was all around them. The Lord had helped them to that point. And I want to say to you. If you're watching online. And maybe you're watching online and you would much rather be here in the house, but you're watching online. And you might feel like, boy, I, this is, I'm glad I can watch, but I, I, I just feel like I need, and morale feels kind of low. Let, let me say to you, set up something. Whatever it is, set up something around you. Tape something onto your mirror. Or, or go out and find a rock somewhere and, and, and write Ebenezer on that thing. Set it in a prominent place in your house and remind yourself that even up to this point, the Lord has helped us. Even when things don't look the greatest, we can remember the Lord has helped us. And we're going to talk a little bit more about that because the Lord has given me a few things to say to you about that tonight. But, but please don't let the lowness of the moment take away the fact that God has helped you. Let me turn with me, if you will, in your Bibles to the book of Daniel. And Daniel, the, the great prophet of God, and much of the latter part of Daniel, Daniel is prophesying about end times. In fact, so much so that the... Angel of the Lord is going to tell him, now seal up the book until the time of the end because it's not going to be relevant for you or for a long way off. And it's becoming more and more relevant every day for us now. But in the book of Daniel, in the seventh chapter, he begins to prophesy. He's beginning to be shown, I guess I should say. He's beginning to see this vision of the Antichrist. 
And what the Antichrist is going to do, and in Daniel chapter 7 and verse number 25, he makes this statement, speaking of the Antichrist, he shall speak pompous words. Daniel 7, 25. And he'll speak pompous words against the Most High. He shall persecute the saints of the Most High. That's what the New King James says. But do you know the word literally means there, he shall persecute. But the word literally means he's going to attempt to wear out the saints. To weary the saints of God. He shall intend to change times and laws. And then the saints shall be given into his hand for a time and times and a half time. Talking about the three and a half years there of tribulation, that ending time that is, is of the seven, the three and a half that's going to be his time before the Lord comes and destroys him, defeats him. But what I want to focus on, because we, we are living in the days where the spirit of Antichrist is among us. How many would agree with that? I don't, I don't know if the Antichrist is alive in person today. I believe he probably is. That, that's my personal belief. I don't have anything that, to say along those regards as to, to prove that. That's just my personal belief. But what I do know is the spirit of Antichrist is at work in our midst among us. And the same working that he's going to do in that three and a half year period, the great tribulation, the three and a half out of the seven, the same works he's going to do then, the spirit of Antichrist is trying to do right now. And that is speaking big, boasting, pompous words against God. Amen. When we, when, when we say, well, we're going to pray for someone. And, and we'll be praying for them. The, the world, the spirit of Antichrist mocks us for that. Well, what good's that going to do? Even, even national... TV correspondents and national hosts on TV uh, are, are saying, not just in obscure ways, but blatantly saying, God's not helping us in this. We have to help ourselves. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Speaking those pompous words against God. That, that's exactly what that is. And, and then he says, and he will persecute or he will wear out the saints. And let me tell you, how many of you feel like you are living in that moment where the spirit of Antichrist, I'm not talking about the man, I'm talking about the spirit of Antichrist against Christ. It feels like the saints of God, that children of God, believers in God, followers of Christ it, are attempting to be wore out. We're attacked on every side. Faith is attacked constantly. Ridiculed. Made fun of. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to be a martyr. I'm not trying to act like we have it so bad. Because believe me, there are places around the world that, that the least of their worries are just being mocked and, and ridiculed. They're actually dying for their faith all around the world. And, and, and you don't hear about that on our media. But all around our world right now, there is persecution going on in places in Africa, places in other areas of our world where there, there are whole communities of Christians being killed and destroyed. 
we don't, media's not covering that, but there's persecution going on all around the world. And even here, we are, you, you feel the spirit of Antichrist at work. That just wears you out. You, you, anytime a believer speaks out to say anything, they're immediately attacked by the mob. Amen. And it is an attempt to wear out, to beat down, to cause you to be silenced. That's, that's what's happening. And he wants to, the spirit behind the Antichrist will be all about trying to change times and laws. Amen. I mean, look, look, at our, look at the cancel culture we're living in right now. Now, I'm not about the debate. I don't, I don't care about the debate on what needs to be done, not be done. All. But just look at what's behind it. The whole concept of changing times and laws. That if it's something we don't like, we just don't even want to have to be faced with it anymore. We're, we're living in the days of the spirit of Antichrist. And morale is low. And so many are being wore out. Amen. Now, go with me over to the book of Galatians, chapter 6 and verse number 9. Galatians, chapter 6. Galatians 6 and verse 9. I'm giving you a minute to get there. Here's what it says. And let us not grow weary. While doing good. Let us not grow weary in well doing. For in due season. We shall reap. If. We do not. Lose heart. See we quote the first part of that scripture all the time. How many of you, how many of you hear that first part of that scripture. Quoted all the time. Let us not grow weary in well doing. Right. We hear that quoted all the time. But we don't hear that last part of the verse quoted very often. And we also hear, for in due season we shall reap. But if we do not lose heart. See, the enemy wants to take our heart away from us. But if we do not lose heart, we can stay strong. And we can reap the benefits. Turn with me if you want to or write it down if you don't want to turn over there. Hebrews chapter 12. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 3 says, Hebrews 12, 3, For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Consider Jesus, that's what he's saying, who endured the hostility that he went through, shedding blood, being persecuted for doing nothing wrong. Consider him. That sinners would attack him. But lest you become weary and discouraged in your souls. Amen. So there is the possibility of being wore out. There is the possibility of becoming wearied in our souls. There is the possibility of losing heart and growing weary in doing good. And so that's a possibility. And so in the moments that we see morale low, we see difficulty on the rise, we see, we, we feel like that attacks are all around us, we must take extra care to focus on the fact that to this point, God has helped us. 
And that's going to mean something now as we walk forward. Thus far, the Lord has helped us. Yeah. That Becky's put on the, she put the New Living Translation on here. So let's not get tired of doing what is good. That's Galatians 6 in the New Living Translation. Let us not get tired of doing what is good. That's the whole attempt. Don't, don't give up. Just you got to remember some things if we're going to keep going. So let's, let's look at this. I've got three things I'm going to just drop to you tonight about thus far the Lord has helped us and what we must remember and how we move forward. Here it is. The first thing is to remember. Remember paths. P-A-T-H-S. Remember the paths that brought you to this place. Remember how you got here. If, if, if we're going to have that Ebenezer moment, and we're going to have that thus far the Lord has helped me, if we're going to keep that in our mind, even in the times of weariness, even in the times of attack, even in the times that it feels like morale is low, even in weird times like we are in right now, if, if we are going to keep that in our mind and we're going to see what God is going to accomplish, what God is going to do among us, the enemy around us defeated, then we have to remember where we came from. Remember the paths. Because here's the reality. God helped bring you here. Right? That's what Israel had to remember. That Ebenezer stone meant to them, hey, there was a path that brought us here but God helped bring us here. So even though this is not a place we want to be right now, if we're going to get to where God wants us to go, we have to remember it is God that brought us here. If it wasn't for God, we wouldn't even have made it here. But I've got good news for every person that's sitting here tonight and every person that's watching online. And the good news is this. If you're here right now, raise your hand. Online, if you're here, raise your hand. All right, I'm here. Because here's the thing. If you're here, it doesn't matter what's gone on, what you've been through. You're here. Do you know if the enemy had his way, you wouldn't be here? <laughs> Amen. You, if, because the, the thief comes to steal, to kill, and to destroy. His desire is to take you out. And so when things get tough, if you can remind yourself, boy, this is tough, and this is not where I want to be, and this is not where I want to stay, and this doesn't look like I wanted to look, but this Ebenezer moment, this, this stone of help tells me that whether I like this moment or not, it is only because God has helped me that I've even made it here. Amen. Yeah. But, but if God had not helped you, you would not be here. Yeah. So come on. you you got to hear that. So you got to remember your paths. Here, here's what I want to say about that. Never forget where you have been. Now listen. Listen. Never forget where you have been. You know why? Here's the reason why. Because you're not there right now. Amen. Never, never forget where you have been. Because where you have been means you're not there right now. Amen. And God has helped you. I don't know about you. I'm thankful that I'm not where I used to be. 
I'm thankful I'm not the man that I used to be. I'm thankful that, that, that the things I've had to go through in my life, somehow God helped me and I went through them and I'm here now and I'm not in them now. Amen. So, so we need to hear that. Remember your paths. The past has formed you. Never forget that. The past, your past has formed you. Okay? Experience, your experiences has taught you. How many have had some experiences that taught you? Amen. I, 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 I tend to learn everything by experience. Right? I, I've, I don't think I've ever really been smart enough to learn things without having to experience them. You know, that's about, the better way is to learn without having to experience everything. But it just seems like in life, there's a lot of things you just learn from experience. Experience teaches you. The things in your past should have taught you something. Now, here's the sad reality. Sometimes we are like the children of Israel in the wilderness. And, and the experiences we go through don't teach us a stinking thing. Because we just keep doing them. And how many more times are we going to go around the mountain? If I, you know, I would have liked to have thought that if I was there with the children of Israel, that I would have got sick enough of going around the mountain that maybe it would have got in my head. But maybe I wouldn't have either. Maybe I would have been just like the rest of them. But how many times can experience teaches you something? Your past has formed you. There are things in your past, good, bad, indifferent. Your past in the natural, in this world, has formed you. And, you, and experiences you've been through has taught you. And life now, listen, even with the repercussions you're living with, life now means you have overcome yesterday. Let me say that again. Life now, even life with all the repercussions of bad decisions... Anybody, anybody ever experienced the repercussions of bad decisions? See, sometimes bad decisions carry with them repercussions. Yeah, you, that's just a fact of life. So make bad decisions. You, I, I like to say to myself, I don't, I don't say this to anybody else to myself. When I do something dumb, I always say in my mind to myself, well, I'm paying stupid tax for that. Because <laughs> if, if I do something stupid, then I have to pay stupid tax for that. Right, And so there, the past has repercussions. But here's what I want you to hear about remembering your past. Life now, today, right now, life now, even if there's repercussions from your past with you right now, life now means, tells you, you have overcome yesterday. Because you're living in today. There may be repercussions you're living with, but you're in today, you're not in yesterday. So you got to remember your paths. If you're going to keep in mind the Lord has helped you this far, you have to remember where you've come from. No matter what you're facing, no matter what's going on, you have to remember that. Turn with me, if you will. Let me give you a couple scriptures here. Go with me, if you will, to Psalm. Now, y'all probably won't know this one. It's a real obscure scripture in the book of Psalm. It, it's, the, it's the 23rd Psalm. Y'all probably haven't read this or heard this. But Psalm 23 and verse number 3 says, He restores my soul. He leads me in the paths of righteousness for His name's sake. He has prepared paths for you. 
He leads you in them. So remember your paths because you may have made some bad decisions, but God has led you through them. And even though there may be natural repercussions and things that you're having to deal with, God has led you through them. And the paths are paths now, if your heart's with Him, of righteousness, of right standing with God. You're on this side of bad decisions. I don't know about you. I would rather be on this side of a bad decision than on the other side of a bad decision. Because do you know God can restore... Bad decisions. Let me, let me say it a different way. God can restore repercussions of bad decisions. He can turn it around. Amen. And the paths of righteousness. He leads us in the paths of righteousness. So what that means is, even though our paths may not have looked like we want them to look, if we'll walk with God and we'll remember He's with us and we'll turn to Him like Samuel said to Israel, they are the paths of righteousness because they led us to God. Amen. Let's, let's go one more. Jeremiah chapter 6. You can just write it down if you don't want to take the time to turn there. But Jeremiah chapter 6 and verse 16. Pretty familiar passage of Scripture for those of us probably that have been raised in church anyway. Jeremiah 6 and 16. Thus says the Lord, stand in the ways and see and ask for the old paths where the good way is and walk in it. And then you will find rest for your souls. But they said, we will not walk in it. Now, the old paths don't mean all those bad decisions. It means walk in the paths that God has prepared for you. Choose to walk with Him. He's brought you here. He's laid the path before you. You can remember where you've come from, but now you can choose to walk His way. Amen. So remember your paths. Number two. This is in order to be able to say, thus far as God helped me. In order to make it through a difficult time. The second thing that you need to do. You remember your paths. But the second thing. You have to regard your steps. Your paths are important that brought you here. But the steps are important in this moment. It is not the paths that determine this moment. The paths brought you to this moment. But what is going to be important in this moment are your steps now. Yeah. That, that, he helps us. Thus far has He helped us. So that stone sitting there and it told them, thus far has He helped us. But it also told them that He's with us now. So I can't change the paths. I can remember them. I can recognize how they led me to Him. I can recognize that He was with me even when I turned away from Him. I can recognize what He accomplished to them. But what I have to focus on is He helped me here, but He's with me here. And so my steps now matter. He helps us in the process of our now moments. That stone means He helps us through our past, but it also means He helps us in our now. How many believe the Lord is standing ready to help you right now? But the steps you take now matter. 
2 Corinthians. I'm just giving you some scriptures. And like I said, you can just write these down and kind of look at them later if you want to. 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 1 and 2. We then as workers together with him also plead with you not to receive the grace of God in vain. For he says, 2 Corinthians 6 and 2. In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Now wait, wait, look at what he said. Let me read it again. For he says, okay, the grace of God, the Lord says, in an acceptable time I have heard you. In the day of salvation I have helped you. Well, that's great. But the day of salvation, wasn't that my past? No, that's not what he said. you got to read it. In an acceptable time, I have heard you. And in the day of salvation, I have helped you. And then look, how you, look what he says. And behold, now. Somebody say now. Now, today. Now. Not just talking about my past. But now, now is this accepted time. That means God is listening now. In the accepted time, God will hear you. And then he says, now is that accepted time. So, call to him now. He's listening. Okay? And then he says, in the day of salvation, I have helped you. Well, when is that? When I, you're talking about when I got saved at whatever time? No. He, he explains it. Behold, now. Is the day of salvation. So not only does God hear us right now. God helps us right now. Amen. I hope this just encourages us a little bit. Do you know God is giving us breath right now? If it wasn't for God's breath in us right now. We wouldn't be here. God is giving us the very breath that we breathe right now. He is helping us right this moment. Oh, but I, Pastor, this is tough and my life is tough. And I, Yeah, but God, this is the time God's helping you. And this is the time God's listening to you. He's, he's hearing you. What is He hearing from us? If this is the accepted time that he's hearing us, and now is that accepted time, what is he hearing us? What's he hearing us say? What is he hearing our calls to be about? What what is he hearing us? How is he hearing us respond? He's helping us in this moment. He gives us the very breath that we are breathing. Psalm 37 and verse number 23. The steps of a good man. Are ordered of the Lord. Remember, I said we got now, we have to regard our steps. So we have to understand the steps of a good man are ordered of the Lord. The steps of a righteous man are ordered of the Lord. That, that means if we are with Him and we are His in our now, doesn't matter how we got here, right now our steps are ordered. The paths have been set, but our steps are ordered. You know what our steps are ordered to do? Our steps are ordered to make new paths for our lives. That God has prepared. 
Amen. And they are old in the fact that they are God's, but they are new to us. Because if we walk with Him, He gives you breath for the now. He gives you strength to walk in the now. He gives us faith to choose correctly now. This is how He helps us. He's hearing us, but how He helps us is He gives us the breath for this moment. He gives us the strength to walk with Him in this moment. And He gives us the faith to choose correctly in this moment. Because we've been given a measure of faith from God. He's given us the ability to choose correctly in this moment. Thus far, the Lord has helped me. He's brought me from there to here. And He's helping me from here to there. Amen. See, we need to give God the praise for our now. We need to rejoice and kick out bitterness, frustration, and discouragement. And we need to praise God for our nows. We need to praise God for our moments. Doesn't matter what they look like. It's because God is hearing us right now and God is helping us right now. Amen. To regard your steps. The word regard literally means, the verb of regard means to consider or think of someone or something in a specified way. So to engage your mind. The noun of regard is to attention to or concern for something. Regard your steps. Give attention to your steps right now. And the third thing I'll share with you and we'll be done for tonight. Here it is. The third thing. Our reward is our possibilities. And we got a heavenly reward. But do you know there are also rewards on this earth? And those rewards that God gives us on this earth for walking with Him are the possibilities that are before us. Yeah. Thus far, the Lord has helped me. You know what that means? It means that every time they saw that stone, they knew that God had helped them from there to that point. And that God had walked with them from that point to wherever they were when they remembered that stone. And it also meant to them that as long as they walked with the Lord, there were possibilities ahead of them. So God is not only hearing and helping us now. God has put possibilities out there in front of us. That's our reward. As we walk forward in Him. Paul would write about it in Philippians 3. And, and he would say, verse 12, he would, he would say, this is what I'm doing. I, I don't consider myself as apprehending. But I keep pressing. Amen? I keep going forward. I keep looking forward to Christ Jesus and what He has accomplished. I'll, I'll just pull over there and read it for you. Philippians 3, verse 12. Not that I've already attained. Or I'm already perfected. But I press on that I may lay hold of that for which Christ Jesus has laid hold of me. I do not count myself to have apprehended. But one thing I do. Forgetting those things which are behind. That doesn't mean you don't reflect on the past. It just means I'm not living in them anymore. When I remember them, I remember God helped me. Okay. When they come to my mind, I just say, God help me through that. But I forget those things that are behind and I reach forward to those things which are ahead. I press toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. That's my reward. That's my possibilities. And in this moment, 
I now push forward because God has helped me. He helps us look forward to our future. That stone told them, if God helped me in my past, God helped me in this moment of my present, God's going to help me in my future. Here's the three things I'll leave with you that those three things say to me. Remembering my paths, regarding my steps, and the rewards of God are my possibilities. And here's the three things. There is a backward call to reflect God helped me through it all. There is an upward perspective that says my steps now are ordered from Him. And there is a forward burden that says if I'll keep pressing on, my rewards are possibilities in Him. Amen. So right now, in this moment, it's, a, it's an odd time. It's a, it, it's a time that we would rather not be in. It's a time where morale is low. Where it feels like we're being pressed on every side. Where we feel isolated in a lot of times. But find some way to remind yourself. God helped me here. And here, God ordered my steps. And there, God's going to help me see my possibilities in Him. Amen? And then as we begin to walk forward, we will walk out of this into that. Amen. So what is God hearing from us? See, we, we always say, what am I hearing from God? But I think the bigger question is, what is God hearing from us? Amen. Because God, I mean, God, if, if we want to really be honest, if God never spoke another word to us, he has said all we needed to hear to live in complete abundance from now to eternity. But the question is, what is he hearing from you in response? What is he hearing from me? That's challenging. What is he hearing? He hears us in the accepted time. Remember, now is the accepted time. He hears us and he helps us. So is he hearing us say, Lord, thank you because you helped me in my past to bring me here. And Lord, you're helping me right now to live in this moment. And Lord, you're going to help me in my future as I keep walking into those possibilities. And if he hears that from you in faith, heaven will open. He will begin to thunder into your life and will scatter your enemies. Amen. Because <laughs> the moment they turned their heart back to the Lord, they served Him only. The moment they recognized He had been with them in their past, even when they had turned away from Him. The moment they recognized that even though morale had been low and they were struggling and the Philistines had already beat them a couple of times, 
that the Lord was with them right then. And the moment they begin to see possibilities of their future, the Bible says God thundered over their enemies. And they set up a stone to forever remember. Thus far, the Lord has helped me. Everybody stand to your feet with me in the house. I think we're in a moment that I believe is a prophetic moment. And it is a moment that God is saying to His church, I'm hearing you. Let's raise a voice and a noise that lets him know we're believing him. We're grateful to him. We're yielded to him. We're expecting him by faith to do what he's always done, be what he's always been, and take us farther than we've ever been. And let us begin to say, Lord, thus far, you have helped us. I remember my paths. I regard my steps. And the rewards ahead of me are the possibilities that you bring into my life. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we love you tonight. We thank you for your goodness, your grace, your kindness, your long-suffering. And so often, Lord... What we present to you is not a noise of faith. Lord, so often what we present to you, what, what you're hearing from us is doom and gloom and weariness, faithlessness, failure, complaining and murmuring, grumbling, but Lord, let your church in this prophetic moment, let your church begin to raise up a sound that you would hear your church responding in faith in this moment. Lord, in my mind, I think of Paul and Silas in that Philippian jail. And I think, Lord, that your word says at about midnight, you heard a sound. <laughs> Because at about midnight, your word says they began to sing praises unto you. You heard their praises. And you again shook the earth. And set them free. And saved a jailer and his family. And saved a city. Lord, what could you do today? If you hear your church rise up in faith again. Lord, we stand ready. Let us begin to lift it to you. Prepare us for what is ahead and open our hearts to all the possibilities before us. And we ask it in the name above every name, in the name of Jesus, amen and amen. God bless you. Speak wisely. Let words of faith raise up. Let utterances of praise go forward. 